Also, um, this is going to be really inconvenient because my, I have a fantasy draft at seven. Um, so if I trail off for seconds at a time, that's why. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I did, I was I wasn't expecting to work late today, so I was like, okay, this will be perfect. I'll be done, and then by seven, I'll be able to do the draft. So, but that's not how that's not how we're working. That's not how the cookie crumbles, my friend. episode number 81 of the quarter life crisis podcast i am your host steve wreck the man who once won a game of hide and seek because he went home in the middle of it and nobody thought to look for him there joining me as always everybody's favorite co-host an all-you-can-eat buffet's worst nightmare unless the word seafood is somewhere in that title Auntie Stempy, how you doing man that buffet buffets never know what's coming when i when i show up i will say uh i'm, I'm doing well the weather is finally starting to churn down to the cooler side here, so we're we're hitting like peak seventy every day, which is nice. Uh, and I'm busy, which is nice. It's better than being bored. And football's back this week, so it's a good week. Football is back. And the, about that. the Terps won on Saturday, so go Terps. Terps got that. Terps got that. Uh, that good. What was the the? Uh, they gave him the LVU instead of yeah the, the LVU instead of WVU. So that's a fun one. Yeah, it was a good time. Um, and when the Terps win, you got to celebrate. That's right. So, uh, Hunter, what you drinking? Uh, I didn't have to because I got off at 6. I did not have time to go to the store. So it's a, it's a blue light again from Labatt's. But that's what we got. I um, have not been to the store in quite a long time. And I'm just clearing out my uh, fridge. I have a Strongbow Gold oh. Apple Cider. Oh. Um, I've never had a Strongbow. It is. Um, They're pretty sweet. I was about to say, I've, I, the main problem I have with ciders is that they're usually too sweet. And um, what's the what's the one that everybody always gets at a... Uh, oh, everybody... not Angry Orchard's the other one. Yeah, what's... I can't remember. Oh, uh, Woodchuck, Woodchuck. Woodchuck, yeah, that's too, that's that's too, sweet. too sweet. Woodchuck is gross. It's way so, too sweet. Um, here's hoping that this is a little bit uh, tartar, I guess. It's a golden apple, so maybe it has a little more tartness to it. Uh, just basicness? I don't know. But basicness? I don't know. Don't don't listen to me. As in, oh, as in as in yeah, like not acidic. You know, I got you. Don't worry. <laughs> I got you. I thought you meant like basic, as in like um, men or men thinking or having a crush on Emma Watson and women drinking pumpkin spice lattes. Oh, I lost you. Hello. Oh, there you go. You're back. Okay, cool. He's back. He's back. We're back. Alrighty. We're back. What did you say? Uh, I just insulted you a little bit. Um, what else is new? Though? Oh, my connection's unstable. Imagine that. Yeah, who would have guessed? <laughs> okay, so um, the first thing that we're going to get into, um, to, you brought it up. It is uh, We are back to football season, and we yes. all know that the best thing that comes with football is uh, tailgating. Now, oh, yeah. in the past, we have ranked our own tailgate tier list, tailgate beer tier list. Yeah. Um, but I decided to defer to um, some like people who actually get paid to talk about this kind of stuff. Uh, I found a website for, for called CoolMaterial.com, and it's uh, one of their sec- it's a like a men's blog essentially. 
and one of the <laughs> sections is gifts for men and oh. uh it in that gifts for men it talks about the best and cheapest tailgate beers for the 2022 season or 2021 okay. 2022 season i have not looked at the list okay so what we're gonna do is we're gonna go through i'm gonna see how many uh they have on the list okay and we're, okay so they only have seven on the list oh and we're gonna go through and order them in what where we think that they're gonna land is it was it supposed to be best for the value it is yes best or, for okay. the value Best okay. for the value. So it's like the first one gives you the name and then how many you can get for a certain price. But because it is, uh, because it's like we have to consider price, how many you get, an actual taste, and how much you would want to drink at a tailgate. So we're going to rank it one through seven. And uh, it's going to be blind for both of us because I don't, I am taking a look at this list. So okay. neither of us has an unfair advantage like we sometimes fall into at these times. Sure. So, first of all, um, number one, I, I don't know if it's, it's going in order since it starts with number one. Um, we have Pabst Blue, Rib- Pabst Blue Ribbon, also known as a PBR. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, 12 for $9.99. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, 12 for $9.99. That's actually for if you just want to drink a terrible beer and for cheap money, that's where it is. Um. So we have to put this where we want one through seven, without knowing what else is on the list. Seven. Yeah, and give me give me some explanation of what you're thinking. Okay, so PBR, I genuinely don't hate, but it's not good. Um, so I think that it's like it's like a, a, a poor man. It, it reminds me a lot of Natty Light, but if it's like I, I want to call it the poor man's version, but that's because I have a fondness for Natty Light, you know. So like I don't know if I can say that objectively. Um, anytime you go to Bolero in College Park, it's not bad. You go to those beer towers. Um, twelve for nine ninety nine though. That's a pretty good deal. I can't beat that. That's less than a dollar per beer. Dude, so, I just looked it up. Um, you can get a keg. I, I don't know where this is in the country, um, but according to Beer Co, you can get a keg of uh, PBR for um, a total cost. If you if you, when you include tax and with a tap, you can get a keg of PBR for a hundred and forty dollars. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me! With a tap. With oh a tap. Jesus. Um. Okay. I think, I think this this has to slot in at like I want to say number six. No, it's at a seven. Wow, no, not far. not six. Sorry. I was thinking ten, not six. Um, like four. I think right in the middle. I feel like PBR is your baseline, middle of the pack, bad beer. Because there's probably another one that's probably a little more expensive, but is better overall. So uh, every every region, I think, mm, this isn't that good, but it's not that bad. So I can't let alcohol go to waste. Quite literally um, dead even. Yeah. I think uh, every region has its own, like, crappy beer. Um, like, yeah. in, around us, we it's Natty Light uh, by... Like I know, up in Penn State, they drink Bush Light. Um, up in Key, Wisconsin, they Keystone. drink Keystone Light. Yeah, so everybody has their own like crappy beer. PBR uh, is a PB- southern one, I think, right? Yeah, PBR. I feel like kind of transcends it. This transcends region. Everybody knows what a PBR is. Everybody's had yeah. a PBR, and everybody's been disappointed by a PBR. Um, but again, you get a keg of you can get 140 beers with a 144 beers, I should say, with a tap for 140 bucks. Pretty, I can't. I can't stick my nose up at that. It's I pretty am, good. Deal. A, well, also, we're talking about tailgating, which is like slamming beers. So, like, it's not a horrible taste either for what you're trying to do. 
exactly. You know? So, so yeah. I'm throwing it at number three. Okay, that's fine. That's, I'm that's it at fine. Number three. That's you, valid. We we have separate lists, so we. If you were have... gonna say two, I'd call you crazy. But I mean, I am crazy. That's something you already know. Mm. All right, the All next right. one, um, Yingling Lager, another twelve pack for nine ninety nine. That's the same price. That's criminal. What? Where is your? Where is your? Where are they getting Yingling? Yeah, from? where are you? Straight out your... of the factory. I want to get. I want to find out where you're getting. <laughs> so that I think Yingling. Um, Oh, Yingling's not a bad beer. I, I don't. I'm not a big fan of Yingling, but I I definitely won't say no to it. Um, you know, I I'll go on a limb here and put that at number two for me. I think wow. that's it's a it's a tasty beer for like what we're talking about, and also at that at that price, heck yeah, I'm putting it high. We're not, <laughs> I just you know don't really love it because of their political affiliations, but whatever. Um, I. Yeah, I I've never seen. Yingling I don't think I've ever seen it. Ten dollars for a twelve pack. That's no, crazy. That's, that's probably like right around where it's brewed. Yeah, in Pennsylvania, probably. like probably near. It's, like no it's a Philly beer, right? Yeah, it's somewhere in Pennsylvania. So maybe um, maybe Pittsburgh though, because I know a lot of people from Pittsburgh drink Yingling. Well, maybe, but, maybe that's no, yeah, but I know a couple people from Philly who love Yingling. So it's all that's all one state to me. Like Philly and Pittsburgh are one and the same, in my opinion. <laughs> oh, don't tell anybody from Philly or Pittsburgh. That. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm, you know, I'm gonna go number two as well because, it, like you said, it's a good beer. I'll have beer. I'll have Yingling like on any kind of normal day. Um, yeah. My, we were just we were just at the beach, and uh, my sister's boyfriend was drinking Yinglings on the beach. Like it's a good there beer. I always have. Yeah. Number three, the Lining Kugel Summer Shandy. For Ooh, you, you don't... get a twelve pack for. <laughs> Let me guess, ten ninety nine. Oh, so close. Uh, <laughs> what, what, how ironic would that be if every single one of these was nine ninety nine? <laughs> right. <laughs> Just they're all the same price. Um, you don't like this beer, right? I hate I Lining Kugel. Really? Okay. I absolutely hate Lining Kugel. I I don't like Shandy's super much, but this literally just tastes yeah. like you took Bud Light and squeezed a lemon in it. Uh, I don't know if I agree that far, but I do agree that it's not the best. Like, I have to be in the mood for this. Like, I've had them. So if I'm just going to a tailgate, it's not for ten ninety nine, whatever, but I'm also not going to choose it first. So I will put this at six. Yeah, I am. I'm gonna drop that at a. I'm gonna drop that at seven. I hate lining Kugel. I don't like lemon beers. I don't like lemon like flavored drinks. Um, yeah, lemon beer. It's acquired taste. You got to really be like in that breezy like island mood, you know. Which like I'm not at a tailgate usually. Yeah, no. I, I and God, it's it's like I I feel this way about when I'm drinking um when I'm drinking like lemon white claws. It feels like somebody oh, yeah. sprayed lemon pledge into my drink. Yep. And I and I don't want that. That's gross. Yep. Um, so the next one we have is not Coors Light, the original Coors. It has been a minute since I had the original Coors. Well, how much is it? What do they have listed? It is. Wow, that's incorrect. It says six for three dollars. That's not right. <laughs> There's no um, way. <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and like guess that it's like uh, it's like I don't know five dollars for a six pack. It's definitely not six for. Jeez. Yeah, there's no way. Um, the original cores. What do I have? I have five, three, and one. And you seven. You got one, three, five, and seven. Yes, you got, all the, you got all the odds. Um, oh, it's been a minute since I've had the original cores. It's not bad, but I don't know if it's three worthy. I like cores. I think cores on its own, like, 
it's it's like a weird it's like a very pure-hearted american lager and it's significant like you we talk about bud light versus bud heavy it's significantly better than Coors yeah. light yeah, there's that like huge <sighs> difference um and yeah Coors is a, another drink that i would just like if i don't feel like going all out but i want to like be drinking throughout the day then that's that's something that i think i would easily spring for i don't think yeah. it's as good as i don't think it's as good as yingling and i don't no. think it's as good of a deal as pbr but uh, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Where are you putting it? I think I'm putting it at number four. All right. You know what? I'll put it at five just because it's not as good as a deal as PBR. Like, it tastes better, but it's probably more more expensive, so I could just go PBR and be fine. All right. The next one we have. Oh, the virus. Corona for uh, $6 or six pack for six ninety nine. I was like the virus. <laughs> what the are you virus. About? Um, you know, here's my hot take: don't like Corona as a tailgate beer. So Ooh. it's, I just, I don't, I, they're fine. It, how much was it? It was what for how much? Six for six ninety nine. That's almost a one to one ratio. That's not a bad price, but especially for a import. But I just don't like them as a tailgate beer. I'm like, eh, I don't. I'd rather just be like, again, I feel like I need to be in like a sit by the beach island mood for a Corona. So. I, Hot take, I'm going to drop it at seven. Ooh, yeah, for you know, for the same reason, I drop it at six. Um, I love a Corona. I, I think that Corona is the perfect, like, I think it's the perfect quintessential beer. Um, but not when you're not when you're on a flat top at uh, 11 in the morning. Super um, hot parking lot. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's not when I want a Corona. Red- I want a Corona when I'm sitting down, when I'm looking over some water. Some, like I was some, this past weekend. Some rednecks throwing axes in a stump. Like, you know, I don't... I don't don't, don't fun get game. me started on stump. It's cool, but not with a Corona. Yeah. Uh, the next one. We got two left. You've got three and one. Yep. Hunter, you ever have a Dale's Pale Ale? I've never heard of that in my life. You've never had a Dale's Pale Ale? No, it's it is from, that. Um, I think it's from... I've somehow I've never had a certain type of beer. That's I think crazy. it's from Oscar Blues. It is uh, six... Six pack for eight ninety nine, so it's a little on the higher side. Uh, but that it's, means it probably tastes good, though, right? It tastes delicious, mm. and it's a six point five percent ABV oh. compared to like the four point five percent you'll get with the other ones. Oh, it's only eight dollars for six of them. Eight dollars for six of them. This um, or nine dollars for six of them. This description says you might not last a marathon afternoon chugging session, especially if it's so cold you can't tell whether your hands are numb because you're blitzkrieged. Or because nice. you forgot gloves, but at least awesome. you won't grimace after every sip. <laughs> if you like hops and getting a little rowdy, pick up some Dale's Pale Ale. That was a great description. Um, I've never had it, so I'm going to put it at three, and this might bite me. But that sounds like a good deal for what it is. Um, if I had had it, I bet you I'd put it at one, but I'm going to stick it at three. Yeah, um, Dale's Pale Ale is really good. Because um, I've got one and five left, and I don't know what the last one is. Well, I will say, too, like... If we're talking about tailgate, like when I tailgate, I just I want to be not. I like the four and a half percent, five percent beers for tailgating, just because I don't have to worry about like, oh, I've had like you know nine and I'm gonna be falling over. You know what I mean? Right. So right. so I think that that knocks it down a peg, but it's probably still really good. I'm I'm gonna put it at five for that exact reason because Dale, Dale's Pale Ale does taste really good, and I've like I've made the mistake of drinking like heavy beers at the tailgates before, um, especially ones where like that we start very early uh and you take it like you compare it to 
down in five five or six natty lights to that which will last you like an hour to um downing two dale's pale ales and you're already feeling like more hammered um it's better it's objectively a better beer than the other beers on this list and a lot of the other beers on this list but i don't think it's something that i would rather tailgate with yep so we're gonna go to for number one or for the last one on the list which will end up being number one for both of us and you know it's a good choice because it's new belgium fat tire Oh, heck yeah. Slam so, that baby at number one. A sto- well, this says 12-pack for $15.99, which is pretty generous. Um, I, yeah, story, I pay that every time. The story, uh, I went to the New Belgium Brewery in um, Fort Collins when I was there with my family. And that, if you're ever like in the area, you got to go to that brewery and take a brewery tour. Um, we got to see like a bunch of different rooms. We got to like see directly into like the um, the brewing vats. We got to see where they uh, this, like the the lab where they develop synthetic yeast. Um, it was it was very impressive. We got to taste four different beers, if I'm not mistaken. We had to, we got to taste like one of their uh, signature IPAs, um, a lager mixed with a with a sour, which was incredible. Um, we got their cider that they had just like put on the, or they were about to put on the market, or no, they had just put it on the market, and then a pale ale immediately after that. And at the very end of the tour, they asked questions about the tour, like trivia questions. And if you got it right, you got to go home with. You were given a fat tire that was taken off of the assembly line that was canned like five minutes prior. Whoa. So. I got to drink like a five-minute-old fat tire, and it was That's phenomenal. Dope. It was the best fat dope. tire I've ever had. Uh, um, love that. And then after that, we got pulled aside to like a, a focus group room, and we got to taste um, a rosé that they were working on. Whoa! <laughs> like those canned rosés that <clears throat> people are coming yeah. out with now, and that was pretty good. But yeah, yeah I fat would. Tire is. Phenomenal. I would one thousand percent crush fat tires at a tailgate. <laughs> Easy. Easy. They're so good. They're so good. They're easy to they're drink, so they taste amazing, and they're yeah. surprisingly for I didn't realize they were that cheap. They are, yeah. It's kind of crazy. So, um, thank you, New Belgium. And they're like the... I think I think for me that a fat tire is like the cousin of Blue Moon, but people know Blue Moon more. Like, you know, like fat tire just isn't talked about as much, but it's probably the better version of it. Sure. <laughs> you know? You know what I'm saying? Like, Kinda. Like, I don't think I hear... Everyone know. Everyone's heard of a Blue Moon before. But, like, when you say fat tire, they're like, oh, what's that? But then you have it, you're like, oh, this tastes like a blue moon, but, like, ten times better. Like, it's just, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I, that's, that's, that is my story. I'm sticking to it. I'm sticking to it. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, um, looking at our, our tailgate ranks for the, apparently the best bang for your buck, um, we've got, let's see, for myself, we've got fat tire, yingling, PBR, Coors, Dale's Pale Ale. Uh, Corona and Leidenkugel Summer Shandy. And for yourself, we've got Fat Tire, Yingling, um, number one and two are the same for the both of us. Dale's Pale Ale, PBR, Coors, Leidenkugel, and finally, Corona. Yeah, screw Corona. I think you're going to ruffle some feathers by putting Corona at the bottom. It's it's where it deserves. For tailgating. Not normally. You're going to ruffle even more feathers. Not normally, but for tailgating, yes. At the bottom. Alrighty, well... Now that we've gotten like the important part, uh, the important part about a uh, uh, tail or yeah tailgating out of the way, we need to think of the less important part and talk about the actual sport that's being. Played. Oh yeah, everyone knows the drinking beforehand is more important. So this week we usher in officially 
the 2021-2022 NFL season. Thank God. It has been a very long off season, and we're very ready to get it in. Um, to recap how uh, the preseason predictions went for us, um, we all did pretty well. Uh, each of us going 30 and 17 across the board. <laughs> Yet weirdly in different ways. It wasn't like we got the same games right. We just all landed there differently. No, times. It, it, it's strange because, and ev- I think every week we had two do the exact. Yeah, yeah. You and I did That's both so did weird. eight and eight. Then Katie and I did both did twelve and four, and then you and Katie both did twelve and three. Yeah, very odd. <laughs> so I don't like um, it. I know it was the one game that was gonna like the Arizona New Orleans game was the one game that was gonna differentiate at least you and me and also yeah. me and Katie. Um, but of course they didn't play it out, so we ended up all tied. Well, for good reason, but you know. Now, if we all end up tied at the even after three weeks in the regular season, I will, I will explode. Yeah, that's that'd um, be crazy. I don't see that <laughs> happening at all. So, um, yeah. but what we are going to do now, and I've updated the uh, the spreadsheet to include dates and times of games, so that I can keep track when I'm updating the winners. Um, we are going to make our picks for NFL Week One, starting with the opening game, first game of Thursday Night Football. Dallas Cowboys at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, I don't think this game is going to be particularly close. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I think I think Tampa's going to throttle the hell out of the Cowboys. Um, that like it's not even the fact. Like I think that Dallas will get their footing on offense after a couple weeks. But Dak coming back off that injury, I don't know if he's going to be like 100% week one or just like ready to go completely. It might take him a few games. Um, and Dallas' defense is terrible, so. Yeah, Dallas defense. I, in our fantasy league that we play in, my two quarterbacks are Josh Allen and Tom Brady, and uh, I was weighing the differences, and then I remember that the bill the Bills are playing the Steelers, yeah, and the Bucks are playing the Cowboys. So yep, yep. Tom Brady is going to shred, and he's it's. I didn't. I forgot that they didn't have a preseason last year, so like he didn't have a preseason or a real training camp in that offense, and now he does. Yeah, now he's so. Yeah, now he's actually <laughs> going to be a little, a little bit scary. Yeah. Um, I forgot to get Katie to give her picks for this week, but I will um, make sure I have it before next week so we can actually, or before Thursday so we can actually get the games in. Next, we've got the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Houston Texans. Um, yeah, toilet bowl here. This, although this has upset special written all over it if you're Houston. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think it's going to happen, though. I'm going to take Jacksonville. Yeah, neither do I. <laughs> I, but, like, it's got the smell of just Jacksonville dropping a game they shouldn't right off the bat. They just they shouldn't lose this game, which means they probably will. But And then Houston will be, like, 1-0, and they'll be like, oh, we're doing better now. And it's like, nope, you're going to lose the rest of the games. But, yeah, I agree. You know. Um, next we've got the Los Angeles Chargers and the Washington football team. Sleeper game of the week. Um, yeah, I agree. <laughs> this is tough because you have – because I think it all comes down to how does Washington's offense play. Because yeah. we know how the Chargers' offense will show up. We know the Washington defense will show up. And they'll probably cancel each other out to some degree. But if, if Fitzmagic shows up, I think that's a Washington dub. If he doesn't, I think the Chargers take it. That being said, I'm going to take Washington in this game. I, yeah, I, I, I wrote it down before you said anything to make sure that the, they didn't think I was just copying whatever you said. Yeah. Uh, Wash, I, <laughs> this, I am betting with my heart a tiny, teensy bit more than my brain today. Um, I think if I wanted to bet with my brain, then I'd do have to do a little more thinking, but I still might arrive at the same idea. Um, I have a little. I have faith in the beginning of the season. Um, I have faith in Fitz. I don't think Fitz is gonna. We are gonna get Fitz tragic eventually in the season. Yeah. Um, I'm praying that it shows up when we play like 
Like, who are even the opponents? Like, Philadelphia? No, 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 no. We need to, we need to stomp on Philly. Like, when we uh, play, like, the Saints or uh, oh, like play a Tampa game again this season. doesn't matter. Like, yeah, yeah, I see yeah, what you're yeah. saying. So, um, yeah, Washington I have faith in. Um, we'll see if that faith is misplaced. Mm. Well, I think also it's because, like, the Chargers have a new coaching staff. Like, that always, that, there's always some rust there. So, I think, I think it's, a, it's not a safe bet, but it's a better bet to take Washington. Agreed. If it was like week seven, maybe a different story. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, next, we've got the Seattle Seahawks at the Indianapolis Colts. This freaking team, I swear to God. Um, it should be Seattle. It should be, but Seattle loves to lose these games at 1 o'clock on the East Coast. <laughs> that being said, whenever we play at 1 on opening week, we usually win, so I'm going to take Seahawks. I also because, like, so. who knows what's going on with the Colts these days. Yeah, who's their, who's their starter right now? Who's their starting quarterback? It's Carson Wentz. He's off the COVID list, I think. And if not, it's Jacob Eason. So, all right, they're screwed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> next, we got the New York Jets and the Carolina Panthers. Ooh, I think a, that's a hard one. I think the Panthers are gonna be the the surprising team of the season. I don't know um, about that one. <laughs> no, surprising is in people expect them to go three and fourteen, and they instead go seven and ten. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> Uh, I don't, I don't really have a lot of. I can't make any adjust, or adjustments to the Jets from last year. I don't think I can have a lot of faith in them pulling out even like remedial wins at this point, um, let alone like big important mm. wins. Um, I'm going with Carolina. Ah, this might be the first game we did. I don't know because like so the only reason that Carolina would win this game is if Sam Darnold goes nuts, and there's a chance that he does playing against the Jets in week one. I think that's an interesting matchup from that. The Jets also lost a couple of pieces on defense. However, they have a good defensive coach, and Zach Wilson looks really good, and they have a lot of offensive playmakers. Uh, you know what? Give me the Jets. I'm taking them. Give me the Jets. Taking the Jets. Hope probably the only time I'm taking the Jets this season. All righty. Next, we've got the Minnesota Vikings at the Cincinnati Bengals. Do we have to talk about it? Ah uh, no, yeah, it's the Vikings. I don't have faith. I don't have faith in you, Joey. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> I mean, I have faith in Burrow, but it's also like I don't think he's a hundred percent, so I'm not taking him. We're not doing what we did last year. <laughs> Just the, the Bengals every first three games. You really did like the want the Bengals. I thought win. they were gonna be good with Joe Burrow, and then they just weren't. And I was like, okay. All right, next, the Arizona Cardinals with the Tennessee Titans. Hmm. This is an interesting one because the Titans uh, have a new offensive coordinator. They don't have Julio Jones anymore. They're trying to run the ball less, apparently. Um, they're trying to not make Derrick Henry pound the rock as much. Um, I'm curious about that. And I think the Cardinals are and everyone there is on the hot seat. That's important. So I think they're going to come off to a hot start. That being said, they're all old. Mm, Titans are at home. Give me the Titans. You're taking the Titans. I... <laughs> I just I, I really love the analysis. I, I the Cardinals the Cardinals have an all star team from like seven years ago. So like uh, next we've got the San Francisco 49ers and the Detroit Lions. Okay, for some reason NFL pundits are thinking the Lions are gonna upset the 49ers and I'm like, you're all on crack. Like the 49ers are so good. Like stop. People got, people got faith people got faith in them, man. I don't I don't get Why? It. Why? Oh man. Hey Hunter, should I pick uh, Jonathan Taylor or Aaron Jones? Uh, Aaron Jones. That's what I thought. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm Just doing a from, I'm doing a fantasy draft at the at the from time of recording. Thanks, guys. Pure pure cast 
pass catching standpoint, you got to take Aaron Jones. Ezekiel Elliott and Saquon Barkley were still on the board, but I refuse nope. to take a Cowboy, and I'm not taking Saquon Bar- Barkley. Um, <laughs> next, we've got the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Buffalo Bills. Do Nobody circles it? the wagon like the Buffalo, <laughs> Buffalo Bills. Bills. That being said, it's going to be a very close game. Yes. Because the Steelers' yes. defense is pretty dang good. So they're, the Steelers' defense give... is good, but they don't have any kind of – I think I, this is going to be a defensive game, and, and Buffalo defense is – I think the difference between the Buffalo defense and the Pittsburgh offense is greater yes. than the difference between the Buffalo yes. offense and the Pittsburgh defense. I think also, like, Josh Allen, they're going to come out on a heater because they're just on a revenge tour after losing to the Chiefs. Yeah. Um, and I think also the Pittsburgh stands a chance in this game offensively if Najee Harris pops off because that they're going to just be doing captain check down all year from yeah. Ben. So. Alrighty, next game we've got the Philadelphia Eagles at the Atlanta Falcons, the Battle of the Birds. Um, I think this all comes down to quarterback play, so I'm taking the Falcons. I agree. Um, Jalen hasn't shown me anything. He's, he's confirmed starter, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. God, Mr. Minshew is his backup for now. God, what a for what a now. quarterback they've got. They've, isn't um, Flacco on the Eagles still too? Oh my yeah. God. What a weird quarterback room. Yeah, and you know, I don't, I don't have faith in Philly's defense either. Um, when they, it, and it was, I, I started analyzing them a little bit more when they took Ryan Kerrigan, and knowing that he's going to be a starter is like really yeah, no. making me question how that defense is going to do. Yep. But um, we'll see. Secondary is not horrible, but the rest of it's not good. Next, we've got the Cleveland Browns and the Kansas City Chiefs. Wildly entertaining game coming our way. Um, yes, but I like the Chiefs. <laughs> you know? You're going to pick the upset? I'm going to take the upset on this one. Yeah. I think the Browns are going to come out hot. It's a rematch of the divisional round. Um, the, it's solely dependent on how that revamped Cleveland defense holds up. If they if they can limit some scoring opportunities to either field goals or no, nothing at all, they have a very good shot at winning. But if they have to trade touchdowns, they're screwed. Um I think, though, that the defense is so much better, though, that it's going to cause them fits. And it's a new offensive line in Kansas City, so we'll see. Who knows? Uh, next, we've got the Green Bay Packers at the Nolens Saints. Uh, it's Green Bay. Yeah, it's Green Bay. Sorry, the, Nolens. Sorry, Jameis. It's not happening. <laughs> hey, man, those those Green Bay D-backs are going to be eaten. <laughs> <laughs> Darnell Savage is going to have four interceptions. God, next we've got another toilet bowl. Um, the Denver Broncos and the New York Giants. Why can't the Broncos have a good quarterback? Please. They'd be so they're a, they're a Super Bowl caliber roster just without a quarterback. It's really depressing. Um, oh, do I take Antonio Gibson or Nick Chubb? I think I gotta take Nick Chubb. Oh yeah, Nick Chubb. Come yeah, on, dude. Dang it. I wanted I wanted him so bad, but I think I gotta get Nick Chubb. Dude, make the smart play. Um, <clears throat> Denver and the Giants. Ugh, that's hard because, like, the Giants have a semi-capable quarterback. The Broncos have none. But the Broncos' roster is really good, and the Giants isn't. Give me the Broncos. I'm ghost. God dang it, Hunter. Okay. Um, <laughs> taking the Broncos, you gotta pick, too. You got to pick something different, man. I don't know what you do. I've done it twice now. I, well, whatever. Um, <laughs> no, I don't have any faith in – God dang it! I just I know it's preseason and it's not any kind of indication, but God, watching Daniel Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes in preseason was not a fun sight to behold. It's not fun in the regular season either. So. Trust, trust me, man. But he's better season, than man. Drew Locker, Teddy Bridgewater. Like he is better than them. Is he? Yes. 
Is yes. he better than Drew Lockett? Not by a lot, but he is better. Is he, though? He is better. I think you can make a case. Um, <laughs> it's a razor fed difference. Next, we've got the Miami, the Miami Dolphins and the New England Patriots. I'm actually very interested in this game. How McCorkle um, Jones is going to do? Dude, McCorkle, is, he, he looks really good so far. Like, he looks very good. So good to the fact that they were like, goodbye, Cam Newton. Um, I don't think Miami's defense is going to have as good a year as it did last year because that was a lot of luck. I'm going to take the Patriots. I'm taking Miami. Um, I don't like rooting for rookie quarterbacks in the first week, um, especially sure. when they are kind of – it's kind of on their shoulders. Sure. Um, if you would put – See, like, I, don't, I don't know, though. I feel like, weirdly, there's not – like, there should be a ton of pressure on Mac Jones, but I feel like there isn't as much as there should be. Well, there's like, not because how like if he does if he does equal to what Cam Newton did last season, they're gonna see it yeah, as a win. Good. So yeah. like so there's like zero like there's very minimal pressure on the guy. I feel like yeah. Uh, next we've got the Bears uh, versus the um, I'm guessing this is the Rams. I forgot to is. put the other. I forgot yeah, to put the other. Number. Yeah, it's the Rams. Um, Sunday uh, football premiere. This would have been such a fun game if Justin Fields was playing. Do you think there's any shot that we see Justin Fields in this game at all? Uh, nope. <laughs> yeah, I think it's good. Yeah, I think it's going to be week two at the earliest. Give me the Rams. Give me the Rams. And yeah. uh, finally, our Monday Night Football kickoff for the season. We've got the Baltimore Ravens at the Las Vegas Raiders. I like Baltimore. Yeah, that Las Vegas defense is awful. Uh, I think it's. I just it's just not good. Plus, like, Lamar Jackson's my starting quarterback, so I need him to yeah, pop yeah. off a little bit. So, uh, give me Baltimore. Yeah, with with lo- them losing Dobbins, I think that's gonna make a sway in two or three games this season. It this isn't yeah. one of them though. <laughs> no, like they'll Lamar is gonna probably run for like a hundred and fifty yards in this game because they can't stop a bowling ball in the yeah. in the Raiders defense. The and offense gonna, could keep up, but and and with um with Dobbins out, they're gonna do a lot more design run plays with Lamar. Yeah, the um, options are going to be off the charts because then yeah. they're going to switch up and go with Gus Edwards and bruise the hell out of the defense. So, yeah. yeah. All right. So, uh, I think we differ on three games. Three games. So, uh, we'll see what the point differential is at the end of the week. I'll get Katie's picks uh, before Thursday so we can all get to picking. And, um, yeah, we'll see how the – we'll see if we're tied after <laughs> – after. Well, we can't be tied because we did. Yeah, thank picks, God. But, thank God. Um, we'll see what we're like after the. Uh, and you know, it's funny because we said that we weren't going to include preseason in the totals. Um, it wouldn't matter anymore. I know it'd be net zero. <laughs> it's hilarious. It'd be me. net zero. God dang it! I cannot believe that. I'm impressed, honestly, with with how sporadic preseason can be. Um, I'm impressed with how we did here. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. Uh, so that's the end of football. Um, we are going to move into. Uh, Something else that a lot of people love. I know a lot of our fans are, are looking forward to it every week. Uh, a new Marvel movie came out, Hunter. Woo! So this is going to be our review for Shang-Chi and uh, the Ten Rings. If you have not heard it, we are going to be talking about it. In, or not heard it. If you have not seen it, we can talk about it in depth. Uh, so this is your spoiler warning and for you to click off of the podcast now and come back once you have seen it to see if you agree with us. Um... Just to, just to give like you know give a spoiler free like overall concept of what you thought of the movie of what I thought or what it's about what you thought not what it's about okay okay um, <clears throat> I thought that the movie itself was I, I really enjoyed it um, I, there's a lot of 
dislike for it online as there always is based on how they kind of changed the character from the comics but i haven't read the comics so i don't know um <clears throat> i thought that it was a like it was i thought it was just a lot of fun for most of the movie um i thought visually it was incredible like one of the better shot movies we've seen out of the mcu um including cgi I th- there were some moments that i was like eh, but th- most of it was pretty dang good um and i really enjoyed how they really dug into um chinese culture in the movie i thought that was awesome they weren't just like oh it's a superhero movie set in you know in china we actually like you know worked in the culture of the people um and really we're like it's not just set here like it is in this realm and in this world and we're gonna teach you all about it which i thought was cool um there was a well I i won't say that i'll save that for later but that's what I thought. Yeah, I agree. I think that um, I think that Shang Chi. A lot of the press surrounding it was that it does. It's different than every other Marvel movie, and it definitely is. Um, sometimes, like I was sitting there thinking, like I'm watching a Marvel movie right now. Like I had to remind myself every so often. Um, yeah. And it kind of it kind of gave me everything that uh, I wanted. It was. Uh, it didn't give me anything I was expecting, and it gave me everything that I wanted out of this movie. And I'm very excited for like the future of Shang Chi. I think he's going to be a really good addition to the Avengers. Um, but with that being said, uh, we're going to enter in spoilers. So thank you for listening. If you're going to click off, um, other than that, Hunter. Uh, before we get into the plot, should I take should I take AJ Brown or Scary Terry? Ooh, I think um, I want Scary Terry. Yeah, take Terry. Because okay, cool. AJ's going to have some stuff eaten up from him by other receivers. Good point. Whereas Terry okay. probably won't. Cool. So, Hunter, uh, what's Shang-Chi about? So, Shang-Chi is about... Uh, it's about a man named Shang-Chi, obviously. Uh, he, we open um, kind of in a flashback where we get like a brief intro to The Legend of the Ten Rings about kind of how they came to be and how... What was the dad's name? Wenwu, right? That's his name? Wenwu, yep. Yeah, and how he got the Ten Rings, you know, thousands of years ago. And basically, they kind of imply that he has been the... The fall of, like, every major empire was him with the Ten Rings. They kind of, like, do some revisionist history there, which I thought was kind of neat. Um, then we go flash forward to the present, uh, where we find Shang-Chi living in San Francisco. Um, he's going by Sean, um, which becomes a joke later on. Uh, and he has a best friend named Katie, and they are they work at a valet service at a hotel, I think it is. Um, and essentially, they're kind of, like, depicted as not necessarily deadbeats, but, like, they're going nowhere in life fast. They just, like, don't really have purpose. They don't know what they want to do. They have passions but don't know how to utilize them, et cetera, whatever. Um, and then one day they're going to work, and they are attacked on a bus by some henchmen sent by Shang-Chi's father, um, which then means that they have to go warn his sister, um, who is... Um, somewhere in asia i forget where but uh they go to warn his sister sister's like screw you you left me um then there's a huge fight scene at this club where we see the abomination and wong fighting each other which then turns into them just kind of going on their merrily way um and after that we they get captured by their father but it's like kind of like a nice capture he like kind of lets them like roam free on the compound so it's like free prison if that makes sense um and essentially he's like oh your mom's been talking to me from beyond the grave and she wants me to come rescue her from her village in talo which is like this it's guarded by a magical forest so you have to go through the forest but it's like moving and tries to kill you so you can't access it blah 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 um they realize that that he's basically gone crazy um and that they need him now um but 
he can't see it that way and they think it's is absolutely nuts so they make a break for it and go to talo themselves and they you know uh, connect with their mother's people um, who are basically like from another dimension essentially like they're from a land beyond our own uh, and they protect our world from uh, basically I'll put it this way as like demonic spirits um, that take shape in different animals and whatnot um, and they are basically guarding our world from them destroying ours but when Wenwu tries to come in and what is actually happening is Wenwu is hearing his wife's his dead wife's voice um from beyond but it's actually the evil spirits connecting to him through the ten rings um to try and get him to set them free it becomes a whole thing there's a huge fight scene um and then they actually release the spirits becomes a huge problem they have to fight them all and then uh once shang chi accepts both him his the side of his father in him and the side of his mother he has the spirit of the dragon from his mom um so then he saves the day essentially when wu dies and then Shang-Chi takes over as the sole, like, you know, user of the Ten Rings and whatnot. Uh, and all is well in the world. I think I got all of it. Did I miss anything? Yeah, you can you can tease the uh, the ending scenes, too. Oh, yeah, the ending scenes, uh, the post-credit, we get a mid-credit scene where it's Wong, um, Bruce Banner, who is not Professor Hulk anymore, and Captain Marvel, um, all in a room. Two of them are there, like, basically their version of, like, superhero Skype. And... Uh, they are basically trying to talk about the Ten Rings aren't from any galaxy they've ever seen. It's not any alien tech they've ever seen before, but they know it's a beacon be- uh, beckoning someone, and they don't know who, but they basically felt the ripple effects throughout the universe when Shang-Chi used them for the first time. Um, and then they do like a, a cute, fun karaoke scene with Wong, which I thought was fun. Uh, and then the post credit scene is actually Shang-Chi's sister, who was supposed to be dismantling the Ten Rings, actually looks like she has taken them over and is now leading them on her own, and it's it's not it's not clear if she's a villain or not at that point um but yeah that was shang chi what'd you think um i give the plot a seven i think it was a very like while it wasn't a very typical marvel movie it was a very standard marvel plot um there wasn't like i I don't remember if there was a huge surprise twist there really wasn't one i don't think i can't Mm -hmm. think of one um but it was just kind of like, oh, here is it's a, it was a basic origin story of like, here is hero and we don't know a lot about him, but he's got a secret past that, you know, something's happened to him that will get uncovered later. And he's got like, you know, a best friend, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I think that that was good and fine. I think I don't think it dragged really at any point in the movie. I, I really liked the pacing um, for most of it. There were a couple of points where I was like, all right, we could have sped this up a little bit. But overall um the whole concept of it i was like yeah this plot just works top to bottom but it wasn't anything exceptional or crazy i wasn't like whoa um so i liked it yeah i i agree i also gave a seven it was i don't think that yeah i like thought the pacing that was good um i didn't think there were any times that we it was obviously a lot of information um because this is a completely new character that very few people know about um and but everything nothing felt like it was like thrown at you too badly I feel like they did a really good job of introducing everything at a normal rate at a at opportune times. I do think there were certain points where like they showed flashbacks a little too late in the in like they constantly reference um, Shang Chi's mother dying, but didn't show oh, yeah. how she died until like the very end of the movie. Yeah. So like points of that, I think I would have rearranged. But um, other than that, plot was solid. Like you said, it wasn't anything um, crazy. Uh, I don't think the plot is the selling point of this movie, uh, but it still services it extremely well. Solid. Yeah, I I think it works. Like, I'm trying to think of another movie where the plot wasn't obviously wasn't the main focus. Um, Let's see. I'm looking at the list here. 
Um, I'm thinking more in like the magical realm. Like oh. this movie was. I'm thinking uh, maybe Doctor Strange. Yeah, let's sure. go that way. Like Doctor Strange, it was not about the plot. It was all about look how freaking cool this is. <laughs> like you know, and that's what I, that's what I felt. But this plot actually worked a lot better than that one did. Yeah. You know. You know. Yeah. Yep. Um, moving over to writing and characters, I gave it an eight. Um, I think I've said. I mean, I'm gonna go back to my normal thing. Um, protagonist shang chi uh written extremely well i think he had very good motivations i think um we got to see a very progressive um character change uh from sean going to work getting up for work all the way to um him like taking command of the ten rings and realizing what he needs to do uh he battles through some like immature things of like i have to kill my dad and the blood debt must be paid with blood uh, Wen Wu, incredible villain. I loved Wen Wu a lot in this movie. Um, I think that it was never a point where like he just seemed evil for the sake of being evil. Every evil thing that he did, he believed that he was justified in doing, and I thought that was awesome. Um, uh, I, I, I'm kind of having trouble picking a deuteragonist. I don't know if it's Katie or uh, Zhai Ling. I think it's more Zhai Ling than Katie. Um, and I think that she was written a little bit better, or I think she was like written a little bit like less so than the other two characters, but still she fit in the movie very well for what purpose that she served, and I'm excited to see her take on what seems to be a bigger role in where, whenever the Ten Rings come back. I don't think it's said specifically they'll return in Shang-Chi 2, no, they'll, they'll return, return, so she'll be back. Um, I'm excited to see what they do with her. I thought Katie was excellent. I think that her character inclusion as kind of like the audience's lens into this yeah. weird fantastical world that everybody else in the movie is already seems to be like very familiar with. Um, I thought she did extremely well. Aquafina did, and we'll get to the acting, but Aquafina did an exceptional job. Um, as for writing, like I said, I think that there were some points where it like could have gone, it could have been reordered a bit differently. Um, but other than that, I, I don't, I don't have any complaints. What are you thinking? I went with a seven, similar reasons. Um, <clears throat> they were, I, the one thing I didn't really love about the writing is that, again, it's it was not structured like a, it wasn't, it didn't feel like a typical Marvel movie, but I did feel at times that they tried to pigeonhole some jokes in that are stereotypical or cognizant of Marvel movies that didn't necessarily fall right where they were written. Um, and they also, like, the two parts in the final battle where both of them were, like, I think Katie and Shang-Chi were both, like, pardon my French, where they were, like, uh, when they both went, shit, like, all at once. You know, I was, like, okay, I know that was supposed to be kind of funny, but it just, like, didn't work. Um, there were funny moments in the movie. There were definitely certainly humorous ones. But I thought that what, there were certain points where it was just obvious they were trying to force it to work, and it just really didn't. Um, I thought the characters were written pretty well. I I kind of wish we got a little bit... I know we got a lot of character development out of Shang-Chi, but I just feel like I didn't really grasp the depth of the character that much. Um, I learned a lot about him, but I feel like I didn't really... I, I got the sense that, like, oh, his dad sucked to him when he was a kid. And, like, I, I know that he had to, like, accept both sides of him as a person, but... I just feel like I, w I was left wanting a little bit more, and maybe that's like the point. Like, like there's a sequel, so you're gonna want to, you're gonna learn more. But I don't know. I did appreciate. I do agree with you on Katie, though. That she, she was also like a good example of, hey, not every Chinese person is like this. Um, like, <laughs> not every person is stereotypically like really into Chinese culture. Like, they can be not, and that's okay. You know, like, um, 
And so I think that that was a nice inclusion. It wasn't like, hey, we're doing a movie on Chinese people, so they're all like this yeah. um, and all very into to Chinese culture, which I, I appreciated because it's like, you know, you have representation, but then you also want representation within that representation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that that was a very, a very good inclusion um, character. Um, so yeah, I, got, I gave it a seven. What do you think about directing and cinematography? I gave it a nine, um, mostly because there were some points where I felt like it wasn't very, I felt like it seemed that the direction was kind of lacking in certain moments. Um, overall, it looked awesome. The whole thing was dope. Um, and it was very, I think it was, I think they had clear direction for most of it, but there were a few points where I was like, mm, I don't really know where this movie is headed right now. Um, and it just felt kind of, kind of lost for very brief moments. And then it would pick itself back up, but I think it wasn't as cohesive and that's, that's why I didn't give it a full on 10. Um, yeah, I, I gave it a 10. I think that this was, so when we talk about, we talked about Black Widow and about how the action scenes and the fight scenes seemed like they finally found a, a voice. Yeah. Like they finally served a purpose that wasn't just like 50,000 jump cuts, people doing karate against each other. Yeah. This movie bumped that up to 11. Um, the... From the very first encounter with um, Wen Wu and uh, I forget the mother's name, um, but when or Shang Chi's parents, where they're having a very deliberate fight, and it, you slowly see that fight transition into them dancing, and like yeah. the, they get the close-ups on each other's faces just to like take in the moment for a second. They did a very good job at telling the story through the choreography of the um, of the martial arts. And I, I mean, I know that's a very, like, I mean, I watched Avatar. I know about Asian culture and martial arts. So I know that's, like, a huge, a huge point in um, martial arts in general. Um, I think that the uh, bus scene was one of the best scenes that Marvel has ever done. Um, I think that they used a lot more of the long one-shots uh, to, their, uh, to their advantage. I think the shot of... Um, of Shang-Chi running up the back of the Guardian Dragon, which lasted, like, a solid 15 seconds, was so impressive, and that's not something they would have done in any other movie. Um, and my favorite shot in the entire movie, this was such a, a throwaway dumb shot, but it's my favorite shot in the movie, is when they're uh, at the fight ring, and they're doing the battle on the scaffolding, and it uh, shows Katie get... Uh, confronted by one of the ten rings she throws her arms up in the air and she starts singing um she starts singing hotel california and the ten rings attack her but the camera zooms out to show that it was showing the reflection of them in the building that was my favorite shot in the entire movie i like looked at that i was like that was a flex that was so impressive um that whole scene was crazy good too that was i don't have i don't think i have a single complaint i i can see where you're coming from where shots seemed out of place in certain times um I think that it more than made up for it and everything else that it did. Perhaps a it, was eno- it was enough to make me be like, mm, I can't really, I can't overlook this. But you know, it's whatever. Alrighty. Um, when it comes to acting, uh, something that we forgot to mention, Ben Kingsley's, Kingsley's back in this. Oh yeah, um, I forgot Reprising that. the role of um, the actor. Travis Slattery. <laughs> Travis Slattery, who played, who Slattery. played the fake Mandarin. Um, <laughs> I think... He was great. I mean, he was he's awesome. fantastic. Awesome. Um, but when it comes to like the main actors, uh, like I said, Aquafina was great. Um, who's the Who's the name of the guy that plays Shang Chi? I forget his name. 
Oh, Simu Liu. Simu Liu. He was he was phenomenal. I think he did a perfect job of like really showing like the the weird, confused, like scared and alone, but also like has to be at the forefront of powerful. Um, especially at the beginning of the movie, um, you could really see his struggle when he decided that he was going to kill his dad. Um, Wen Wu, I think one of my favorite villains in the entire franchise. Um, that he knocked it out of the park. Um, I didn't get as much as I wish I did out of Xiling. Um, yeah. Or Xiling, mm-hmm. however you pronounce that. Um, she served what she needed to do, uh, but I, I didn't feel myself really pulling for her at a lot of different points. Um, same with uh, the ant that kind of adopts them when they get to um, the, the Shangri-La, for lack of better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she just I know she kind of served as a vessel, but that's kind of... Uh, yeah, we got a really good performances from the main cast, de- okay performances from the rest, uh, supporting, that's an eight from me. Uh, yeah, all the people that think it was stupid that Ben Kingsley was in this movie, you can shove it, um, because they, why wouldn't they have a connection to Iron Man 3 in this movie? They absolutely should have, because the Ten Rings were in Iron Man 1 and in Iron Man 3, so they, and they were fake, supposedly. We still don't know if this group from Iron Man 1 was the actual Ten Rings or just another group using the name. Um... It absolutely makes sense, and it rocked. It was awesome. Like, go to you can shove it if you think that was stupid, because uh, it was cool. Um, I went with a seven. I'm gonna push back on Shang Chi a little bit because I, I think I, I agree mostly with what you're saying. Um, I just feel like at times, for mm, probably about about 15% of the movie, I, I thought he felt he fell a little flat. Um, I get why he probably would need to kind of be more secluded or I'm going to say the word recluse um, or just kind of reserved. That's the word reserved because it's like, oh, well, I, you know, I need to be this. I need to hide my identity and not necessarily, you know, show who I am. Um, And but when he kind of had to unleash that leadership and that power, I I don't know if I necessarily like because I think in my opinion, I would have rather had seen him kind of take on this mantle of like a true leader earlier than he did like we didn't really see it until he got to talo and i was like okay that's fine but also like i don't know it just and i know that the script if the way it felt like it was written I, it was supposed to happen earlier um like when they start their actual journey through asia on the way to to find this place but i don't know if i necessarily saw it i think that he did a good job um, but I think that it would have been stronger if we if we started to see more of that character growth from his performance sooner. Um, I I don't know. I just think it, I th- I thought that that was just I was at times I was like okay this is, I don't really feel like I'm watching a, a main character act here. I feel like I'm watching a side character that's been thrust into the main character's role. Um, but then there were other parts where he pulled it out of the he knocked it out of the park, and I was like okay cool. How, how am I supposed to feel about this? Um, I thought Aquafina was awesome. Um, when we was dope. Um, who else is in this movie? Uh, ben Kingsley was really good. So I do agree that the main cast gave us really good performances. The, I would just push back just ever so slightly on Shang-Chi because it's not enough to really like make it a huge, like it wasn't bad by any stretch of the means. Um, I just wish I had seen a little bit, a little bit more inflection between character types, if that makes sense. Um, I think so. I, think I, so I gave re- it a seven. I think the reason I didn't have that big of a problem with it is because we are kind of looking at a main character or a side character that was thrust into a main character role. Yeah. Um, and I think that the defining moment for me was when he uh, 
essentially pleaded with his dad to not open the gate, and he was such he he did such a good job of like transitioning between a force. He went from force to be reckoned with to a kid pleading with his father back to a force to be reckoned with, and I thought that was a really good really good transition for him. Either way, again, we're picking hairs at this point. We're splitting hairs at this point. Seven versus yep. eight. Um, when it comes to special effects, what'd you think? Uh, I went with a eight because it was really, really good. Top to bottom, amazing. There were a couple of moments, though, where I was like, yeah, that's clearly shot in front of a green screen. Um, I'm trying to think of what specifically. It wasn't the bus, because the bus scene was awesome. And you, if you told me they shot that in person, I'd believe you. Because um, I, I bet you they did, for at least some of it. Um, I think some of the initial scenes when they get to Talo were a little shoddy when it comes to the CGI, and that was enough for me to be like, mm, let's bump it a little bit. Um but the rest of it was really well done. Um, like, it looked awesome. Like, when they had literal dragons fighting, I was like, yeah, it looks real. Like, that that doesn't look fake to me at all. Um, but there were just a couple of moments, and it was like four or five, where I was like, ooh, that kind of, that, that looks, that doesn't look real. Um, but overall, it was good, so I gave it an eight. Yeah, I gave it a nine. Um, same deal. Uh, I think the moments for me were at the very beginning when they were kind of doing the montage of what the Ten Rings did yeah. throughout history. Yep. Um, it looked bad, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yep. and I'm thinking, oh god, I hope they put the special effects budget. <laughs> the whole in other movie, places. and they did. They absolutely did. I was like, you know yeah. what? You're excused for that. Um, not perfect throughout, though. Uh, solid nine. Yep. And uh, finally, when it comes to the score, I give this an eight. Um, I think that the 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 track that was playing on the bus scene we keep going back to the bus scene but the track that was playing on the bus scene was quite possibly my favorite fight song in the entire like franchise because it kept a like it kept like the percussion that was just so consistent throughout it like made your kind of heart beat along with it um you, you felt the te- the tense there the intensity of the moment but like you were never like it was never like a real loud in your face like this is a a swelling epic fight because it wasn't it was Shang-Chi beating the crap out of people on a bus um I also really appreciate how they did um how they incorporated same with what they did with uh Black Panther um they incorporated the uh the regional like historical sound of the Chinese music um like the first fight between Wenwu and um the mother uh it was pure like this is what you would hear in like a traditional Chinese like story um, and then as you yeah. get more Shang-Chi and you throw in a little bit more, they throw in some like some like hip hop remixes, they throw in a little bit more percussion and synth and it like really meshes those two together. I think it did a great job with that. Um, yeah, it was it was good, not phenomenal. Um, really liked it as a whole. Uh, solid eight for me. Uh, I gave it a nine. Um, when I was trying to figure out how to explain what you just said, I was like, you ever, you ever seen a documentary on East Asia in school? Like that kind <laughs> of music. That's, that's what it sounded like. Um, like to give you a baseline of what the music sounded like. But I gave it a nine. Um, I didn't think it was as strong as like Black Panther or the Guardians movies as, in the terms of their use of music. Um, whereas like Black Panther, like, oh, I mean, they did the same thing kind of where like they go into a club and there's obviously hip hop playing. Um, but like Black Panther also used that 
in like you know traditional um scenes where they had you know like the I'm going to call it like the royal cabinet, but you know what I mean? Like the heads of all the tribes there, like they would use it in moments like that too. So it's not like clearly separated. Um, whereas this one, like there were times where it was clearly separated to show like, okay, yeah, we're not in a, you know, a Chinese village. We are in a, you know, a, like a San Francisco nightclub or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I felt that the music itself was just so different than your classic superhero movie that I was like, this is awesome. And I do agree with you the way they ended up blending it together. To, it, it kind of reinforces, you know, Shang-Chi having to, to come to terms with both sides of his, of his personality. Right. So I think, or his heritage. So I think that, that doing that is is like an intentional way of usage of music it just wasn't as strong as as the other movies that use music like this i just appreciated that it wasn't just all uh orchestral music so yeah yeah if it had been i i'm glad that they didn't yeah they they really catered it to the character and um made you like made it seem like a lot more relatable through the use of music which i know as a theater major you can you can really get behind yeah. For um, sure. So looking at the overall scores, we've got um, Hunter gave it a seven point seven five. I gave it an eight point three five, which rounds it out to an eight point zero five. In the overall comparison rankings, um, Shang Chi beats out Ragnarok or ties Ragnarok for number fifth spot for you. Um, for me and the overall, it actually just bumps Civil War out of the number six spot. So it's uh, yeah. I, f- I feel like when I think about it in context of like next to Ragnarok, I it's yeah. I would agree with that. It's like one of those movies that I think is good. It's very is very good, but I'm also not like rushing to watch it like every couple of months or like weeks or something. Like if it's like once a year, I'll be like, oh, I haven't seen this in a while. I'll toss it on. Um, but it's not like one of those movies that I'm like dying to see all the time, you know? Yeah, no, I'm counting down the days until it comes on Disney plus. I'm very excited yeah, to watch that again. See, I'll be, I'll be like, yeah, I'll watch it again. But I'm like, eh, I'm not like super pressed. I am very hyped for the Eternals though. Yeah. Eternals is going to be. Chloe Zhao is going to go off. With Did that you movie. hear about the conversation she had with Kevin Feige about the, the establishing shots that she took? No. Because she's Chloe Zhao, she took these beautiful sweeping shots of just like beautiful landscapes uh, across to, like to set up every shot, probably every shot that was in the um, in the uh, in the trailer, just like over beaches, over mountains, like it was over deserts. It was absolutely gorgeous. Then when she showed those shots to Kevin Feige, he asked, "Oh, cool! What a uh, what 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 CGI software did you use for this?" And she goes, "The Earth." <laughs> Kevin, my guy, get it, get it, get out of the studio. <laughs> yeah, you need to go touch some grass, my dude. <laughs> yeah, oh my god, that's funny. That, so, I think that movie is gonna be. People are like, oh, it's gonna be good because it's closed out. I think it's going to rock our socks off. I think, I think it's, gonna it's going be to be phenomenal. Yeah. I think it's going to be phenomenal because it's closed out. Like, yeah, it's going to be. It's going to be so. It's going to be because so, people are like, oh, it's people. It's characters we don't really know that well. And I was like, you ever heard of the Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah, I was about like, to say I didn't know any yeah. of the Guardians of the yeah, Galaxy. So, and and that first one was awesome. So I think it's going to rock. I think it's going to be so good. Alrighty, so my dude, we will be covering the Eternals in November. Uh, two months. Yeah, two months. Two months. Two it's months. November fifth. You'll be picking up uh, with the Eternals, and then in December we can finally get yeah! the Spider Man, Spider Boy, Spider Boy. Give me the Spider Boy. Boy. Yeah, oh seriously. God, I'm so excited. Okay, um, yeah, we'll go with that, and uh, next week we'll be seeing how we do with our NFL picks. 
we've right. got we've got so many weekly things to come or to look forward to. I know. Also, I haven't. Oh no, I am I am caught up with what if. How great is what if so far? Awesome. We get the <laughs> we got the zombies tomorrow. Is zombies I'm tomorrow? Su- okay, cool. Yeah, I'm yeah. That's the I, only I usually, one I know what is left anymore. I usually wait till Friday so I can watch that and Ted Lasso at once when I get off work. It's like a nice like cool down for the weekend. Oh, I still have, um, to, I still have to watch Ted Lasso. Oh, it was so good last week. Um, but what if it's awesome? Incredible. I also appreciate how they're actually tying it into the multiverse and like the actual MCU. It's not just like a one-off like, hey, wouldn't it be neat if this happened and then we just forget about it? Because <laughs> supposedly we're supposed to get that evil version of Doctor Strange at some point in Multiverse of Madness. That's the that's a rumor that's floating. Yeah, I don't believe it. I don't um, believe it either, but like, I still think the idea that Marvel is thinking about using that stuff in future projects, just even just as a reference point, is better than just being a one-off. Like, eh, we we did it once just to be cool. I don't know. I think I might like. I think I might like it if it was its own standalone thing. But we'll see how it. it we'll see how yeah. that comes as it progresses. I don't know what to predict with Marvel with anything anymore. Um, give me more Especially, Kang. That's what I want. I want more Kang. Oh, we're gonna get him. We're gonna. I get know, but give it to me Kang. now. I want him to. I want him to fight the Spider Boy. Jonathan Majors was so good. Oh, Give so me good. the Spider Boy. Okay, um, that about wraps it up. We're gonna roll into a little segment we like to call "Crisis Averted." Hunter, who you sending love to today? Uh, I'm gonna send some love to Kelsey and Emma and everyone else that went. We went on a bar crawl on Sunday. Um, that was a good time. So I enjoyed spending the day with everyone. It was a nice day in Buffalo. Um, I'm pretty sure that none of you listen to this, but if you do, thank you. It was a good time. Um, and shout out to the Seattle Seahawks. Hopefully we have a week one win this week and, uh, you definitely don't listen to this, but I want Russell Wilson to throw eight touchdowns. It's going to be a great day. Beautiful. Um, my love is to my family. I got to see you this weekend. That was great. Um, and, uh, to football. I love football. I'm so excited for more football. Oh yeah. And the, the Terps. Let's talk about the Terps. Go Terps week one. Go Terps week one. Go Maryland. We got Howard this weekend, so I, I'm not. I'm gonna not count my chickens before I before they roost. Yeah, it's a huge. Looking, it's a huge fingers crossed. We're looking at two, and if we lose to Howard, I'm gonna give my degree back. Yeah, that's that's me giving up on the season. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty, um, Hunter, any final words? Um, mac and cheese is darn delicious. And uh, for episode 81 of the Quarter Life Crisis podcast, I've been your host Drek here with everybody's favorite co-host Hunty. Thank you for listening, and we will catch you next time. Bye. Really hope that worked because I forgot to record in Zoom.